Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Yeah, I'd say the mechanical bull is an asset. In fact, I'd say it's undeniable. It's high noon for Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also occasionally find me on Gab at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. Today is the 134th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You trusted the experts. And look where it got you. (laughs) Everyone you know knows that you are gullible beyond imagination. And while you sit there pretending that people who were COVID skeptics and skeptical about masks and lockdowns and could see that Anthony Fauci was a stone-cold liar and fraud and a narcissist. They were all right. But you're still the smart one. For sure, you're still the smart one. I mean, you do have that little piece of paper 
from that college you went to a while ago. You know, that place where you studied feminist BIPOC archaeology. And that'll probably win the day for you, even while people are like, hey, did you see this email from your hero, Anthony Fauci? Did you see that email from your hero, Anthony Fauci? Hey, did you see this other email from your hero, Anthony Fauci? Don't worry, commie. You still have this on lock. Just keep saying, trust the science. Trust the experts. End of story. And of course, I want to extend a warm Thursday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, redeemable commies. Come on in. The water's great. I don't know how or why you started listening to this. Maybe it was by accident, but one day you'll consider it a happy accident. Now, I can only tell you that I understand how you feel when this begins to get weird for you any second now as you're like, wait a second. Is he mocking and ridiculing me and my ideas? The answer, Kami, is yes. But it's not because I'm mean and it's not because you're irredeemable. It's only because the ideas you still hold in your little commie child brain are so very stupid and evil. But the solution for you is rather than identifying yourself with those very stupid and evil communist ideas, you can just let all of them go and immigrate back to America where all of us will accept you and praise your return. That's it. You just got to put down all the commie stuff and realize what you did. Now, I know there are a bunch of new listeners because a friend of mine on Telegram and Anon, who goes by The Storm Has Arrived 17, he shared my podcast from yesterday. I appreciate the hell out of him for doing so. I mentioned him a couple weeks ago on the podcast. He is always grabbing and capturing fantastic content all around the internet. And I post a lot of it in my feed, the info stream, t.me slash I'm your moderator. And you can find him and link to him on there. So I thank him for doing that. There are probably a lot of new listeners today. And so hello, new listeners. I'm glad that you are not commies. But I figured, why not take two minutes and kind of try to bring people up to speed on exactly what this podcast is, okay? I, you will be very disappointed to learn, voted for Al Gore, John Kerry, Barack Obama, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton before I realized that that was insane, all right? You got me. I cannot speak to the thoughts I had prior to November 2016. But Trump won, and I said, oh my God, I know my side of this case as well as pretty much anyone I know. 
and yet it's still completely wrong. So I believe myself to be fully aware of all of this subject matter, and yet this thing that I thought was a guaranteed truth that Donald Trump was going to lose to Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton would be president and that we would all be past this strange phase. That was dead wrong. And not only was it dead wrong, it was dead wrong in a way that was unavoidable and undeniable. It was clear that not only had something strange happened, but that we had been lied to about it the whole time. The media was off, the polls were off, and none of the explanations for why what happened happened really made sense. So rather than getting crazy and putting on a pink pussy hat and becoming a full-blown commie, I took the time to start reading conservative publications and figure out what it is I must have been missing. And that process took me a few years. And by winter of 2019-2020, I was becoming more open to the possibility of voting for Trump. In fact, I said to people, this is even within the Hollywood community, I said very clearly, if Bernie Sanders is the nominee, I'm voting for Donald Trump because I will never vote a socialist into office. And right there, you might say, oh, 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 wait a second. You already have voted for socialists to get into office, to which I say, yep, you got me. I was totally wrong. Okay, they're all socialists. That entire Democrat Communist Party are socialists, communists, fascists, and Nazis. (laughs) I can't be any clearer about it. I learned that way too late for some people's taste, and I understand that, but it happened, and I took it upon myself to learn where I was wrong. And so what I'm trying to generate with this podcast is to create those connections and the way of thinking about events that will lead people who were as misled and misguided as I was back to the truth. That's what I want to see. And so I'm trying to constantly break down the thought patterns that would have led me to those same conclusions I was coming to then because that's exactly how the thought pattern works on the commie side, right? We know that we were subject to a mainstream media, deep state intelligence apparatus psyop for decades. I'm 42. My entire life, I was subjected to that psyop. And all of my peers were, and especially if you end up in one of these blue cities around the country, especially a place like Los Angeles or New York or San Francisco, it seems like everybody all knows the same things and all those things lead to one path. It's actually really easy when you're in one of those environments that completely lacks morality 
to imagine that you are on the moral side just by repeating the slogans. You enter a situation where no one is actually held to account for their own behaviors and their own ideas so long as you can ascribe to them a moral sounding bigger view of what morality is in the world. So all you have to do is repeat the slogans. All you have to do is post the black square and say black lives matter and hashtag me too. And talk about how you're going to save the environment or you're going to shut down the Keystone Pipeline to save the Native Americans or you're going to vote for a fake president who was mentored by a Klansman in order to fix racism. Right. And then you can pretty much do whatever you want. Because you're on the team. And as long as you are a valuable member of the team, the team will protect you. Until you defy the team. And then you're on your own. And the team will try to destroy you. And I think I might as well mention another part that I was discussing briefly on the Telegram chat today. And that's the substance of Q. See... People talk about, I mean, obviously we know the mainstream media calls it QAnon and they think that there's some singular set of beliefs or a particular belief that the QAnons have. I don't play that game at all. Q exists. We know that. The posts are real. Everyone can see them. Anyone who wants to read them can read them. People actually don't need to take the media's version of what it is or anyone else's version. I came to it way late. I never really, I mean, I I've saw a couple Q posts over the years, but never paid it much attention because I wasn't in that sort of mindset. I thought it was something dumb and I never looked into it. But last August, I started to just on my own. And I realized that all it is is information that encourages you in some way to go get other information and do research. And it doesn't require belief in anything. It's only information among other information. And I think that's how we have to think about these things. All of the information we get can be put to use in one way or another. If it's totally valueless information, then we might wonder about the source From whence it came. If it has some value, we know something about the source and we might have learned something new about reality. Or it can have a lot of value and you can start finding the true story behind so many of the things that so many people talk about in such ignorant ways. And Q pointed people in that direction. It is undeniable that Q triggered a mass movement toward research and civic engagement. And I think that that's the scariest part for them. They would rather just chalk it up as a conspiracy theory or something dangerous that leads to violence. It's obviously not those things. It's just information among other information. You don't have to believe in it. You don't have to believe that 
Q was right. Right about what? That's the question. If you want the posts to be right about something that has already happened, that a Q post said something would happen that didn't happen, well, fine. I guess that's all it could be, commies. Right? Are you too scared to consider what else it might be? Because what else it might be is this map that was laid out over time that now between timestamps and certain words and certain phrases can be referenced in real time to correspond to real events and direct people at a post that may elaborate on what's currently happening. It also seems rather clearly to be a way to communicate simultaneously to three different groups or any one of those three groups and also at the same time communicate misinformation to three different groups as well. And of course, those three different groups are enemies, allies, and I guess you could call anons or normal citizens observers. So it can have a function there as well beyond whether or not you believe it. You don't have to believe it at all. It's just information among other information. And pe- people can say, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's totally wrong. Really? How many times is the New York Times right? How many times is the Washington Post or CNN right? You're going to tell me? that I could understand what's happened in the last six years better by reading the Washington Post than researching Q posts and figuring out what all the background for all the posts is? Give me a break. I said to someone not long ago, I truly believe that 95% of Anons who work hard and have tried to figure this stuff out are more informed about everything than every single Joe Biden voter. Because if it's not that, then Biden voters should actually be more concerned. Because what it becomes then is a difference in value judgments. Okay? And if you are going to say that you actually knew that Robert Byrd was the political mentor of Joe Biden. The Klansman Robert Byrd is the mentor of Joe Biden. And you know Joe Biden's history of racist remarks. And you know his history of touching and sniffing and fondling little kids. He just flirted with a seven-year-old last week. If you know all those things, if we have equal information about that, and you choose Biden anyway then we have a difference in value judgments. And I'm inclined to say you're going to come up on the short end of that stick, commie. So I guess that was more long-winded than I anticipated, but I think every now and then it's good to just kind of put it all on the table and be like, hey, this is who I am. You don't have to agree with my perspective. It's just my perspective. This is how I got here. I know what it's like to inhabit that other mind, and I know what it's like to break out of it on my own, okay? I turned to friends eventually to be like, hey, is this thing I'm seeing, like, is this legit? 
And they're like, yeah, man, I, I could have told you that a year ago. I've had that experience plenty of times. But none of them got me to that point. I got myself to that point. First, by trying to understand exactly what it was the other side thought and how I was so off in my interpretation of that. And then the other part was just having to deal with COVID. You see, I believe that when reality forces itself upon you in an undeniable way, then you have to rectify this huge gap between what you're being told and what you have expected and what is actually happening in the real world. And nothing made that more obvious to me than the way coronavirus was handled. It was clear to me early on that the goal was not to treat the virus as it must be treated while continuing on with life. The goal was to shut everything down and to make Trump look stupid and evil. And as soon as you can see through the media to their true motivation, that they are happy to express all the time, as soon as you realize that they are only focused on that one single thing, you can see all of the lies. And once you start seeing that, the whole thing breaks down. So that's what I want. And I know that no matter how big we all consider ourselves as patriots, how much we know we're right, how certain we are that this is the moral path, and how much shit we've taken from all these commies, we still want to live in a strong, productive, cohesive society. And so the way we do that is by figuring out how to get these redeemable communists out there to come on back to America and rejoin the project of human liberty and prosperity. And I know this is true because so many of us have friends and family who are still completely enthralled with that side of things and they're doubling down and they're tripling down and they're doing whatever they can to make it stop hurting. But it's not going to stop hurting until they come back to reality because the hurt they're feeling is the difference between the story that they are convincing themselves to believe and defend and the reality right in front of them. And so many of them are in a comfortable position in their lives. They don't actually have to engage with reality all that often. They can find a way to deny it and keep moving on and moving forward. And if reality doesn't catch up with them at any point, they can deny it forever. The problem is reality is about to catch up with everyone. And some of those people still will not embrace it. And those people are going to be lost forever. And I'm guessing it's about four to six percent of people. And if you don't believe me, you don't have to look any further than the reaction to Anthony Fauci's emails yesterday by the communists and their communist media. You see how I totally segued into the main part of the show and out of the opening rant? That was smooth. That's not even boom segue. That's smooth segue. So Anthony Fauci decided that his first televised appearance after his 3,234 pages of emails came out via a BuzzFeed Freedom of Information Act request 
would be to go on MSNBC and sit down with Nicole Wallace. And, and just on this point of, of your public profile, I, I read through your emails that were released, and I, I just want to read one of them. Well, let me just stop you right there, Nicole. You did not read his emails, okay? You might have had one of your producers grab a few that would make him look okay. But one thing you definitely didn't do was sit down in front of the computer with that FOIA document and go through his emails. And I bet I know what else you didn't do. You didn't have a community of online friends go through the emails, all of them taking a chunk and finding out what stuff actually was important. So you didn't do the only two things that could have given you some insight into what his emails actually said. But please go on. Um, There were a lot of inquiries about your public profile. I mean, this very conversation was much harder to have under the ex-president. And this was your response to one um, about whether or not you'd have a press conference. You wrote, yikes, that would make four days in a row without a press conference for me, Saturday, Sunday, Monday and tomorrow. I wonder if you feel like you're still making up some of that lost ground from many months under the last administration of not just no information, but disinformation being out there. Do you still see some hardness among his supporters around the vaccine or around some of these messages you're sharing with us today? Okay, very responsible media communist. You went through 3,234 pages of emails and you chose to highlight one where he was worried that he wasn't having enough press conferences. That's what you found important in that series of emails? Huh. He talked directly to Mark Zuckerberg about how to mislead the American people properly in the run-up to an election, and part of it is redacted. I wonder what that part could be talking about. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and the tech community shut down the conversation about how no one needs to be locked down and no one needs to be masked. And we actually don't need any of these mail-in ballots because everybody can just go vote in person. And they wanted to be able to do that in coordination with the very responsible public health community. But we also have emails about gain-of-function research and how to respond to the fact that studies have gone out in the public about HIV insertions onto the virus, about claims to know exactly how the virus was engineered, about the ineffectiveness of masking, about the usefulness of hydroxychloroquine, and about the relationship with his CCP co-conspirators. But let's not worry about any of those. And trust me, Nicole Wallace, I know you read them all. Maybe the press conference thing is the most important. But the substance of her question right there moved way past what that email was actually about. And the question she finally ended up asking was, are you concerned about a hardening of opinion from the people on the opposite side? How could they believe 
Such nonsense. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. They are just, they are the poors. Who cares what they say? They've been hardened. And they're the real trouble with the COVID response. Just consider how many more lives we might have saved if they agreed with everything you said. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there are people out there who, for one reason or other, resent me for what I did in the last administration, which was not anything that was anti-Trump at all. It was just trying to get the right information, to try and get the right data. And what they didn't seem to understand, I guess that's understandable, <laughs> that they didn't understand it, is that science is a dynamic process. Oh, yeah, of course, that's what it was. We resented you because we thought you were anti-Trump, and that's it. And we know that you're definitely not anti-Trump because it didn't say that you were anti-Trump in any of those emails from what we could see. And he made very clear while he was saying, I've never said anything anti-Trump in the emails. Oh, I bet you've never said anything anti-Trump in real life either. But hey, Anthony, that's not why we hate you. We hate you because you're a liar and you're a proven liar. And we knew you were a liar before the emails because we actually have eyes and ears and full-size adult brains. And we can take in information and then we can take in other information. And then we can say, hey, the same person gave us both of these pieces of information but the two pieces of information are in direct opposition. How's that work? But he was just trying to give us the best information and get the most data. He never actually showed us the data. He told us what the data was in the same way the media tells us what the data was. Oh, well, you know, there's a lot of disease in the community right now. Oh, okay. Is that data driven? Can we ask you questions about that data? Can we ask you, for instance, what the cycle threshold level on those PCR tests were to know that we actually have that much disease prevalence in the community? Can we ask you that? Oh, we can't? Okay. And he says it's understandable that they misunderstood. <laughs> Did you see my word play? Well, yeah, it's totally understandable. You see, the thing is, the poors, they don't get it. They just don't understand that science is a dynamic process. Sometimes one thing is true, and then later on, another thing is true. And it takes really big minds to understand that concept. It's just so out there. It takes four years of undergraduate schooling, and then a couple years to acquire a master's or a PhD to understand that at some points, one thing is true, and then later it might not be true. And this is the real problem we have throughout society, is that not everyone is indoctrinated. I mean, educated exactly like we are. They actually don't understand that one thing can be true, and then a different thing can be true later. And that's just science. So if I have said something and then I have said the opposite thing, it's not because I'm a liar. It's because it's science. So if I tell an 
Obama administration official from the Department of Health and Human Services that masks don't work because there's actually no physical mechanism by which they could work since the virus can just penetrate right through the mask, then that's because of science. The mask shouldn't be worn because it's ineffective. But then if I go out on TV and say the reason I wasn't recommending masks at that time was because we needed the masks as PPE for medical professionals, then that is also the science. And you know it's the science because I'm talking about medical professionals. And so as soon as I say, me being a scientist, that we're talking about medical professionals who are also certainly scientists, well, then anything I say in that statement is also science. You got it? So yeah, before I was saying that masks don't work because there's no way for them to work. But now I'm saying I said masks don't work because we needed the masks for medical professionals. So the thing that the stupid poor people don't understand is not that I'm not lying. It's just that science is dynamic. So something that you know in January, you make a recommendation or a comment about it. But as you get more and more information, the information leads you to change because that's what science is. It's a self-correcting process. Right. So if he says in January that we don't need to shut down travel from China and Donald Trump does it anyway, and he goes out and says it's a bad idea, and then everybody starts calling it racist and xenophobic, Anthony Fauci actually doesn't have to go out and support the decision, even though it's the right decision. At least not until later. You know, once there's data. And then he can go back and say, yeah, that was the right decision. It's too bad I was wrong. And sure, more people would have died if they listened to me. But that's no big deal. That's just science. You see, the thing is, Donald Trump didn't understand the science, which is why he made that bad decision that turned out to be good based on science. But You got to understand that's how poor people think. And you see, the thing is, in January 2020, there's no way for me to have known that the money that Francis Collins and I directed through Peter Daszak at the Eco Health Alliance to eventually go to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and all of the other millions we've sent to China through these proxies. Well, there was no way for me to know in January 2020 that what they were doing was gain of function research and that the coronavirus actually did come from the lab. There's no way I could have known that. I would have had to have been doing like oversight or my job to have known that. And so I said what I knew to be true, which was that every indication was that the virus was from nature. And of course, that's why Peter Daszak thanked me so profusely in the emails that Nicole Wallace definitely read. Dashak from EcoHealth Alliance thanked me because I went out and made the public statement that it definitely didn't come from the lab. And now here we are in May, June 2021. I go out, I testify in front of the Senate and say there's no way that American taxpayer dollars funded the exact research that created the virus in this in the first place. 
And, you know, yeah, we played a hand in covering it up. But can you imagine the problems it would have created if we had told people the truth? And yeah, sure. Two or three weeks later, I was forced to say the exact opposite of the thing that I perjured myself. I mean, testified to a couple of weeks ago. But again, that's just science. It's dynamic. When my needs change, the science changes. Don't you understand how that works? Have you not been educated? So when you hear someone say something at one point, and then two or three months later, if you stick with what you said at the original time when you had one-fifth the amount of data that you have now, I think that would be inappropriate. Listen carefully because he's going to say it again, but Anthony Fauci doesn't know how to say the word inappropriate. He says inappropriate. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. It's, I just, I've heard it like six times now and I can't get my mind off it. So now I'm infecting you with that little brain worm as well. Got that? So Anthony Fauci is saying that his recommendations and his statements about the science change when the data changes, which by any measure would be a responsible way to go about doing public science communication and public health communication. Okay. That would be wonderful. Did Anthony Fauci do that? Of course not. You see, there was never any data anywhere in the world that showed that the little tiny holes in a cloth mask shrunk. And there's no data that says that the viral particles expanded. So how in the world did you find data that said masks now prevent viral spread? And of course, there is no data on that. This is something they've actually studied. They knew about masks a hundred years ago when the Spanish flu was around. They also knew about masks in the late 60s, while a bigger and deadlier influenza pandemic was present all throughout the nation, and we still had Woodstock. But this did not stop Anthony Fauci from recommending in January of 2021 that people wear two masks instead of one. Because it's just common sense. And thank goodness, common sense doesn't depend on the data. It's appropriate, although sometimes it's difficult for people to understand how as you learn more and more, you've got to continue to evolve with the data. And that's what I was trying to do, is to always tell the truth on the basis of what the data is. And it was never deliberately something against the president. In fact... You spoke about my emails. You look at my emails. I never in the email said anything derogatory about President Trump. Sometimes I actually do pity these commies because they are so clueless about what we actually think and the problems we actually have with what they're doing. It's amazing. They are in such a restrictive little bubble. And between that and the tech censorship, they have made themselves totally ignorant and stupid 
They don't understand what the opposition thinks. They all believe that all of this is actually about Trump and not the fact that we can see them lying to our faces and that it's obvious and that they're shaming themselves and embarrassing themselves. It's right out in the front. They're all fully exposed and they have no idea. It really is sad. It's pathetic. And I mean pathetic in the literal sense. I would love to have someone else do this, <laughs> but I would love if somebody went back through all of Fauci's statements and determined how much of his time spent on television was spent showing the American public data and explaining that data and then explaining why his response to that data was the correct one. That would be something I would love to see because he spent, I would guess, one to two percent of his time doing that. And why did he not spend more time on the data? Well, because all the data recommended the exact opposite thing from what Anthony Fauci was doing. Anthony Fauci hasn't been provably right about one single recommendation the entire time. Not one. Somebody think of one. Hit me up on Telegram if you're like, hey, Anthony Fauci was actually right about this. And then I'll talk about it tomorrow in a minute. I'm not sure he was right about one single thing the entire time. And I know for certain that he wasn't basing these decisions on data. Which is why there isn't one commie in the media or in tech or in your personal circles anywhere who can point you to a randomized controlled trial or any legitimate study that shows that masks do one bit of good in preventing viral spread. There isn't one anywhere. I challenge you to show me otherwise. Well, the true mark of someone is if they look good, even when their personal emails come out. So you, you pass the test that very few of us would, would pass. Dr. Anthony Fauci, thank you for spending some time with us today talking about all of it. We're always grateful to get some of your time. Who in the world is tickling Nicole Wallace while she's trying to talk? She sounds like a high school freshman somehow talking to the very popular senior quarterback. <laughs> it's, it's, so good of, it's so good of you to talk to me. <laughs> I know it's like everybody got your private emails and they're just perfect. They just show you as such an amazing guy, Trevor. Like, I don't know how anybody could ever be mad at you, Trevor. But this is what the commies are still going with. 15 months later, their excuse for everything and the way they cover up obvious incompetence and malfeasance by people like Anthony Fauci is to say, oh, it's a new virus. We had no idea what's going on. How does that excuse work for any of these people? It really is just mind-numbingly stupid to think that that somehow makes up for how wrong they have been the entire time. It's a new virus. They didn't know anything. They made the virus. Okay? They didn't know what the virus was. They've never had a virus out there before. They've never considered whether or not masks work, 
They actually had never tried locking down an entire nation at any point in history. But Anthony Fauci recommended it based on what? The data? No. Based on models that showed themselves to be off by orders of magnitude. And why? Well, because one of the most basic initial lies we were told about the coronavirus was that it had this 1% or 2% or 3% infection fatality rate when really it's less than 0.2% and very well maybe less than 0.1%. Meaning that the number of people who get the coronavirus, how many of them will die? It's under one in a thousand. It's out there and in papers and accepted as under two in a thousand. But I think that that's missing a whole lot of coronavirus infections that were quite obviously not detected because most people weren't out there getting tests all the time. And yes, I totally agree that the number of cases is inflated due to, the, due to the PCR test, which works in direct opposition to the thing I just said. And the number of deaths, of course, is also raised, which would then support the thing I just said. So, hey, we have a data problem here. We all know that. I'm going by the data they've given us. And the fact that spread goes well beyond the number of detected cases is just accepted. The CDC even has numbers on it. So that's what I'm going with. We could totally have the discussion about how all the numbers are wrong, and I would agree. But we are where we are. I'm doing my best, people. Now, in the coming days, you're going to get into the, these conversations with some commies. They're going to yell at you online or in your real life, and they're going to tell you about how there was nothing in the emails, and it's just conspiracy theorists and those no-no people making a big deal out of nothing. And why are they going to do that? Because people like Nicole Wallace and other communists in the media are going to give them the illusion of knowledge. And what I mean by that is exactly what you just saw her do. She said she read the emails. It's obvious she didn't. She pulled up this completely innocuous email and presented it as if it was representative of the entire set of emails. And that's what they always do. So when you say to one of these commies, did you actually read his emails? They'll say, well, yeah, I mean, I read part of it. Well, which part? The part you were shown on the news? In the context the news wanted to show you? So you actually didn't read any of them. You were shown a few of them. And because the stranger on the TV told you that that email was representative of the entire set, you believed that person and then acquired the illusion of having knowledge. This is exactly how these things work with commies all the time. They are told the most simplistic and beneficial view of the subject matter. And then they just repeat it everywhere. That's it. They think that they know what's going on with those emails because they've watched a few segments about those emails and they've read a few articles on Apple News 
about those emails. They've seen some dumb celebrity post someone's little recap on social media and the celebrity writes this <laughs> on the explanation. And so they're like, yeah, no, I understand that whole email thing. That's nothing. No, commie, it's not nothing. So go in, grab those screenshots, take them off the info stream, take them off anywhere and be like, hey, did you see this email? Hey, did you see this email where he says masks are ineffective because of the size of the holes in the mask and that the virus can go right through? Did you see that, Kami? Hey, Kami, did you see this email right here where it seems like Anthony Fauci needs to run cover about a study done by the doctors that Anthony Fauci funds about gain-of-function research? Did you see that? Did you see this one about the HIV inserts into the bioengineered virus? Did you see this, Kami? Not worried, Kami? Because you know that science is dynamic. Your big brain wrapped your head around how some things can be true at one time and other things can be true at another time. Wow. I'm very impressed. But let's see what Jen Psaki thinks about it. And then um, going to the emails of Dr. Fauci, um, there was an exchange between um, Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci referencing um, a Fox News report uh, discussing it at basically the lab leak as a, um, a conspiracy. Collins denied, you know, jumping to conclusions, and um, he asserted that his mention of conspiracies was referring to the thought, the rumor that uh, the virus was engineered, bioengineered as a weapon. Um, is that the position of the administration and their top health experts that this was not engineered uh, or is that still an open question and part of this review? Well, I think we've spoken to this pretty extensively from here. Let me just say on Dr. Fauci and his emails, he's also spoken to this many, many times over the last over the course of the last few days and we'll let him speak for himself. Got that. So once again, we have the fake administration pushing responsibility elsewhere. They don't want to go on the record with their own view. So they're going to say Anthony Fauci can speak for himself. Um, and he's been an undeniable asset. An undeniable asset. Okay, so he's been an asset and you can't deny it. What does that mean? Nothing? Yeah, that means nothing. Anthony Fauci is 100% a real person. Thanks for helping us out with that, Jen Psaki. In our country's pandemic response, but it's obviously not that advantageous for me to relitigate the substance of emails from 17 months ago. It's not advantageous. What? No one cares about whether or not the fake administration gains an advantage by going through these emails. That's not what your job is, Jen. And you're not relitigating anything. The emails came out two days ago. 
This is just the litigate stage. You're not re-litigating. You've never explained these, and neither has Anthony Fauci. In fact, the presence of these emails only serves to tell us how little this stuff has actually been litigated. Uh, We've launched, uh, based on the president's direction, uh, an entire uh, internal review process uh, to uh, use all of the resources across government to get to the bottom of the origins. Uh, And that's a 100-day process, and we'll look forward to providing more when that, or 90 days, sorry, when it's concluded. Isn't that amazing? The question was about (laughs) the origins of the virus and what the emails showed about those conversations. She didn't answer that question at all. She gave Anthony Fauci a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of support and then said, we're having a review. So we're going to have an answer for you in like three months about this thing that everyone already knows. And hopefully the news will just decide it. And then they'll cover for us and cover for Anthony Fauci. And then we're going to kick Anthony Fauci to the curb. And hey, whatever happens to him at that point doesn't really matter as long as it's advantageous for the fake administration. She might as well just say, hey, the Democrat Communist Party is not interested in answering that sort of question. So, hey, measly reporter, why don't you stick it up your ass? And it really is interesting to me to see how this dynamic is going to progress because, you know, people, I think the common view out there is that the administration, the fake administration, is going to jettison Anthony Fauci, but I'm not quite sure they can do that. They are bought in to Fauci's game 100%. Anthony Fauci served as the anti-Trump throughout the campaign, throughout the entire coronavirus period. Anthony Fauci has been there to be the standard by which Trump is judged. Right. Trump says something. Anthony Fauci says the opposite thing. We're going to go with Fauci over and over and over and over again. In fact, they were so committed to Anthony Fauci that Joe Biden made him the White House advisor. And this isn't just about Anthony Fauci being wrong on shutting down travel, being wrong on lockdowns being wrong on masks, being wrong on how deadly the disease was, being wrong on how the disease was transmitted, being wrong about where the disease came from, being wrong about the use of double masks, being wrong about how long it would take to get a vaccine out there, being wrong about the effectiveness of the vaccines, being wrong about when we could resume normal activity, being wrong about what constitutes herd immunity and the role vaccines might play in it. He's been wrong about all of those things. And the fake president has gone with Anthony Fauci the entire time, as has his entire illegitimate Democrat Communist Party. They've all been wrong about all of it the entire time. And... 
when it becomes clear that the country accepts the obvious truth that the virus came from the Wuhan lab, that the virus is a product of gain of function research in coordination with the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army as they attempted to create a bioweapon and then used whatever the disease actually is as something far more severe to run a psychological warfare operation on the American people. Then what does that mean? It means the whole party was wrong and the whole party was complicit in this overt act of war by the Chinese Communist Party and one of our greatest adversaries. They went along with the entire thing. How do they think they're going to get out of that just by letting Anthony Fauci go? And of course, ultimately, they're not going to get out of it. But even the strategy now makes no sense. Because if you let Fauci go, the rest of it falls apart. Yeah, you know, Fauci's not around, but we definitely still need to get as many shots in as many arms as we can, or else we'll never reach herd immunity as defined by Anthony Fauci. And if we can't convince people to get the vaccine, then we can't do the vaccine passports. And if we can't do the vaccine passports, then it's going to be really hard to trick all these people into accepting something that just tracks their behavior all the time and implements a social credit score among other things. And then the whole project falls apart. So I'm not sure how they're getting out of this. And I wonder if it wouldn't be easier to just let Joe Biden go. I mean, we all have some understanding that Joe Biden, one way or another, is not making it through this much longer. But somehow they're still trying. Check out Andrew Cuomo today. The vaccination card that you get, this opens doors and allows you to participate in life. Got that? I hope the audio was at least audible because I know it's not very high quality. But Andrew Cuomo just said the vaccination card opens doors and allows you to participate in life. How much more clear do you need it to be? He is literally holding people's lives for ransom. You get your life back when you comply. Don't comply. And so Donald Trump has released two statements today in response to the Fauci emails. And here's the first. After seeing the emails, our country is fortunate. I didn't do what Dr. Fauci wanted me to do. For instance, I closed our borders to China very early, despite his not wanting them closed. The Democrats and the fake news media even called me a xenophobe. In the end, we saw this was a life-saving decision, and likewise with closing our borders to Europe, specifically to certain heavily infected countries. I was later given credit, even by Tony, for saving hundreds of thousands of lives. Dr. Fauci also didn't put an emphasis on speed of vaccine production because he thought it would take three, four, or maybe even five years to create. 
I got it done in less than nine months with Operation Warp Speed. In retrospect, the vaccine is saving the world. Then I placed the greatest bet in history. We ordered billions of dollars worth of vaccines before we knew it even worked. Had that not been done, our wonderful vaccines would not have been administered until October of this year. No one would have had the shot that has now saved the world and millions of lives. Also, Dr. Fauci was totally against masks when even I thought they would at least be helpful. He then changed his mind completely and became a radical masker. There are a lot of questions that must be answered by Dr. Fauci. The funding of Wuhan by the U.S. was foolishly started by the Obama administration in 2014, but ended under the Trump administration. When I heard about it, I said, no way. What did Dr. Fauci know about gain of function research and when did he know it? Now, that's an interesting and unusual statement because a lot of people on our side will bristle at a lot of the things that Trump just said, which is fine. Trump's messaging, like I talked about with Q before, is set to communicate to multiple audiences. And you can, in a sense, disregard the efficacy of the vaccine or the danger of the vaccine and still understand that what he's saying is true in an important way. The presence of the vaccine alone has allowed the world largely to reopen and get back to life. And there was nothing more important that could have been done and that had to happen. The world had to be reopened or economies would have continued to slide over a cliff. People would have continued to slide into extreme poverty all around the world. And the global communist initiative would have advanced further and further toward its completion in the global reset. All of that is untenable. Whatever stops that is then worth it. And again, this is just messaging. He has said over and over again, it should be your personal choice about taking the vaccine. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna and just explain it all away. I'm trying to understand how statements like this work in the bigger picture. And one of the ways that statements like this work in the bigger picture is in the context of the next message he sent out. And this is it. Now, everyone, even the so-called enemy, are beginning to say that President Trump was right about the China virus coming from the Wuhan lab. The correspondence between Dr. Fauci and China speaks too loudly for anyone to ignore. China should pay $10 trillion to America and the world for the death and destruction they have caused. Got it? So the first part sets up the second part and we might not like it and that's fine. We're not going to like everything. Trump is not perfect. The messaging can't be perfect. And we're in the middle of an information war in the midst of responding to biological warfare and economic warfare. And ultimately, the end goal has to be that that war is won. Everything else, unfortunately, has to take a back seat. We are trying to end generational evil and corruption and dominance. It's not going to be pretty. And we're not going to like how it sounds all the time. But his job isn't just to make us feel good and right all the time. If you're not confident in your own beliefs and you need Donald Trump 
to get your back at every turn, then you're not quite where you need to be yet. All right. You have the confidence in your own understanding and you have the community around you to discuss these things with. The number one priority is to keep advancing along this path. And we'll see if what Mike Lindell did today continues to advance us, maybe closer and closer to that end that we all see coming. He released a video today called Absolutely Nine to Nothing. And in that, he is talking about how the data that has been collected and retrieved and vetted and validated by his white hat hackers is indisputable proof that the election was rigged through the machines in coordination with foreign adversaries and that the data traveled to foreign countries and back as it was manipulated. And this is true all across the country in every state where these machines are present. Now, the assumption part of what he's saying is that this will get to the Supreme Court and that the Supreme Court will do the right thing. That part, I'm not totally confident in, to tell you the truth. I don't think John Roberts wants to see this case in front of him, but maybe he can't stop it. And I'm certain that Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan and the commie side of the Supreme Court don't want to see it at all. But they may not have a choice. And the surest way to leave them without a choice, to make sure that they have to take the case, is for all of us to make sure that everyone knows and understands what's going on. Now, he's bringing this forward in a lawsuit against Dominion. And then, I guess, eventually bringing it forward in a quo warranto. So obviously we're going to have to see how this all develops. But he is putting out piece by piece by piece of the case. And the people he's working with are not some random, like, my pillow employees who are good at computers. He's working with people who the government has relied on in the past to provide this information and this validation of the information. And this weekend on Saturday, Donald Trump is going to be speaking to a GOP convention in North Carolina, and he is calling it a presidential speech. So I am looking forward to that for sure. And I think you all should too. And honestly, stay positive. We are almost there. People got upset yesterday about Donald Trump taking down his desk of Donald Trump blog or whatever you'd like to call it. The entire mainstream media jumped all over it. Oh, Donald Trump's own supporters don't even read this and they're all stupid anyway. Okay, commies. We don't actually need to go to the website to do that. Okay. We share information On other platforms. All of us. See all the things he posts on there. Whether or not we see them on there. Commies. Do you understand how that works? Information can be available. In multiple places. 
You all are the ones that are stuck on Donald Trump's blog and trying to figure out ways to say that the country still does not support him, even though you know it does. And even though you can see the numbers, just like we can, that say 70% of the country now agrees that the virus came from the Wuhan lab. You think that 70% of people who have accepted that we were lied to by all of the very important institutions, you think they don't understand that they could have been lied to about election fraud as well? I think they do, commies. But hey, get your laughs in while you can. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!